Hey Do It Fam, we're back with Show Me How To Do It Season 2, Live Milestones, the podcast that inspires millennials to take charge of their personal finances. We are Faz and Vi, and we are on a journey to improve our financial habits. Every week, we'll sit down with experts to learn more about basic financial topics and concepts. This week, we're talking about marriage preparations. Hi Fatou, so let's get down to it. What are some of the few things that you think people fail to take note when it comes to getting married? And what are the common pitfalls that they face later on when they are approaching their wedding day? The, the typical thing that people fail to take note when it comes to getting married is wanting to impress others mm-hmm. rather than caring about their own finances. Mm-hmm. So they need to understand that it is just a one-day event that will probably invite people they might not even know who. And I would rather spend that additional money for honeymoon, mm-hmm. for spending time with your spouses, mm-hmm. uh, etc. So they're not even thinking about themselves, but the kind of people that will be seeing their ceremony and like all the show show of things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that is one of the major things that I feel that people feel to take note when it comes to getting married. Because I have seen a lot of uh, friends, family members, even clients of my own, who feels that it is an obligation mm-hmm. to spend that amount of money just to impress people they don't know. So like, between the couple themselves, like what should they be completely honest about in terms of their financial situations? What are things that they should share with each other? Uh, this is very subjective. There are some couples who are very open to each other. Mm-hmm. They are they don't mind sharing their income, their expenses, and I feel myself it is important to share with your spouses your own finances. So in the event that um, you encounter difficulties, that's where they come in and help each other lah. Uh, but I've also known clients of mine who do not share their expenses or even their income with their spouses. I Maybe for some personal reasons, but I believe that um, there is no trust in between the, the, the both of them. And I feel that it's not healthy moving forward in their relationship. So I feel that in my opinion, it is very important to share your income mm-hmm. and also your expenses with your spouses. Okay. Are there examples of situations where it will benefit when they share their income? For example, if they want to go holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they can share money rather than one person coming out. Um, for example, if they are both expecting a child, yeah, uh, they can expect more expenses coming in. When both parties know each other's finances, mm-hmm. it is easier to communicate and separate or delegate roles. So I will buy this, then my wife will buy this. Yeah, so it's very important to communicate as spouses. You were talking about, I think, social pressure when it comes to um, preparing for a wedding, right? It's usually like, sometimes uh, we know that it's parents who want this for their children. A lot of times when we talk with our friends, we always say the wedding's not for ourselves, it's for our family. Correct. How do you advise them better, like, to negotiate within the parents? Hey, I don't want to have so many people. Okay, Uh, maybe coming from my point of view, it may be biased, but coming from my point of view, uh, when I wanted to get married, I told my parents that I will be bearing the full cost. Which also means that I am entitled to my own opinions. Uh, they are entitled to some opinions, but not all. I will have the final say. So, uh, it may be difficult to overcome this, this kind of situations where 
some kids do have difficult parents mm-hmm. where they really want certain things according to their uh, own comfortability. But uh, I feel that the one that is getting married should have the final say. Mm-hmm. So in the event that you encounter these kind of situations where parents are a little bit stubborn, you have to be a little bit stern. Don't be rude, mm-hmm. but be stern. How does this uh, affect you? If it affects you financially, then I feel that you should take action. Okay. Uh, you should voice out to your parents. Lah, unless they are willing to pay for the wedding. So that's where I want to share a unique story of my friend where her parents will be sponsoring the whole wedding. So it's not that they cannot afford, but she herself would prefer a smaller wedding or a wedding that is more affordable but the parents are sponsoring so in this case right how would you like advise the couple to stay stern in terms of like what they expect but at the same time not be rude to their parents at the end of the day the parents are the one paying for it so why can't they have all these things okay uh, if the parents are paying for it unfortunately they do not have a lot of say that only makes sense you need to meet certain criteria before mm. you are entitled to a voice correct yeah. so um If they really feel that they really want just a small wedding, mm-hmm. they can still just voice out. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, the person who has the final say is the one paying lah. So, any regarding about being honest with your partner, right? Understand that, of course, when you're married, there are certain things that you should be open about what you're earning, what's your expenditure, right? But what about those who are about to get married? I think some people might still feel like, oh, belum kahwin, like I'm not getting married yet. Why should I tell you everything? How do we? Like even approach the subject with your future partner to find out, you know, um, about their financial situation. In order for you to trust each other, you have to share everything. If you are already planning to get married, mm-hmm. then I assume there's no turning back, correct? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you have already, let's say, you're already engaged. So if everything goes well, one day, in a, in one or two years time, you're probably gonna get married. So in that process between the engagement and the actual wedding day is where you should already start. Sharing with your future spouses about your personal finances, mm-hmm. yeah, it is important. You were saying it's just um spending and an income. Is there mm-hmm. anything else? Savings, mm-hmm. yeah. How much do you save on a regular basis? So you know what you are getting yourself into mm-hmm. when you get uh, marry marrying this person. Mm-hmm. So you will know beforehand whether this person is a saver or a spender. If your spouse is a saver. You have the opportunity to be the spender. If your spouse is the spender, unfortunately, you have to be the saver. Unless you guys come with an agreement. Mm-hmm. And this is where I, one of the pointers that I wanted to highlight is mm-hmm. setting expectations before you guys settle down. Yeah. Is it enough to know that they're just a saver, or like do you need to know exactly how much they save a month? If they can disclose mm-hmm. the exact amount that they save on a regular basis, then they'll be better. But mm-hmm. If you see that they don't struggle with their bills, yeah. they don't struggle with purchasing food even, mm. then you're pretty sure that they are quite stable. So in a worst case scenario, right? What if someone finds out that their partner has bad financial habits? Is there hope? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Mm. Uh, not only being a spouse, yeah. I've met a lot of people as well who has uh, very bad finances. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a normal human being, we should always advise people. To save because you never know mm-hmm. when you will need your savings. There will be days where you require additional money just for uh, unforeseen circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your savings, your reserve uh, bank savings is very very important. 
Okay, so now we're going to talk about planning for the actual wedding ceremony itself. Now it's a big thing. Among the Malay community, there's this issue of hantaran. Not sure if many of you have actually um, seen this newspaper article by Weta Haryan, that hantaran is actually based on your education level. So for a university graduate, um, generally people give 10000 or more. And we know that issue of hantaran is actually tradition. It's not a religious obligation. It's not compulsory. And we actually heard of many couples delaying their marriage in order to meet the hantaran criteria. So Fatou, what do you think about this? I think I agree with you that hantaran is not an, it's not a religious obligation. It is a culture that we've been following for donkey years. In my opinion, hantaran is just, just for show. Ultimately, what is your niat mm-hmm. of putting that hantaran on your dulang? Is it to show people that you have money? Let's make a trend to like hide it. <laughs> there is, there's a trend to hide all your gifts, right? Should we hide our handaran? Don't be surprised. I've heard before that uh, people put fake check. Oh, yeah, just to wow. Show. Okay, yeah. to that extent. To, to that extent. Oh, it's a check, not money. It's just yeah. like a check. It's just a check that says $10,000. It will bound. Yeah, it will bound and anybody wow. can do But that will also mean that you are not ready. La. You're starting your marriage with a lie. Correct. And I've also known uh, people who negotiate Mm. For a lower hantaran You mean the From the, the guy side, right? guy side From the guy side Yeah okay. correct So uh, that include myself mm. So I was uh, given A certain amount of okay. money I was I was expected To give a certain amount of money mm. From my mother-in-law But I I felt that It was too high Okay How do you convince her though Like do you tell her that Okay after marriage I'm gonna spoil her I'm gonna take care of her properly You know Do you have to like Convince her a lot Not really Because uh, Like I said I'm very blunt I'm very straightforward I just tell her that This is the amount I'm gonna give your daughter mm. So do you choose to accept it? So I told her that um, I'm going to marry your daughter because I love her. Not because I want I can afford this amount of money. I can definitely afford this amount of money, but I feel that it's unnecessary. So uh, I managed to negotiate. Okay. Yeah, and I told her, if I if you want me to marry your daughter, this is the amount I'm going to give her. Do you choose to accept it? Okay. So um, this is to all mothers out there who yeah. has daughters. Parents, lah, parents, in fact, mm-hmm. who has daughters uh, who are going to get married. Please do not... Pressure the future son-in-law so much yeah. because it is very uh, stressful mm-hmm. for some people who have to meet certain expectations, mm-hmm. especially when something is not even as important as you just need technically your uh, apa ni what's it called? Uh, mas kawin. Mas kawin, correct. Yeah. You only your mas kawin. Hundred dollars for 100 Singapore minimum, right? Yeah. And your kadi technically, mm-hmm. that hantaran is actually not at all important. It's not even a need. Do you have like other friends or clients who had to reduce the hantaran like maybe during their engagement? Or reduce the hantaran? Yeah, because like maybe it was agreed at this amount at the start when they engage, but maybe halfway they reduce so that they can get married faster. Um, No, but I've known for someone who had to increase. How did that happen? It was agreed verbally Mm -hmm. with the both potential spouses and the girl's mother that it was going to be at maybe about 12,000 I think maybe Mm -hmm. but um, after a few few days after a few weeks um, the the girl told the guy that oh my mother said she's she's not accepting 12,000 she only accept 15,000 because like the guy is very stressed Mm. very very stressed and uh, he's a very close person uh, that I know in fact he had to work harder and he had to spend a lot of time going home just to eat at home so he can save money he had to save more Yeah, so he was probably earning this amount of money so instead of um, spending it for food 
he save money on food by is going all the way home just to eat, to have lunch okay. and yeah uh, even the girl had to um go out and go for tuition classes like teach tuition mm. just to accommodate to the hantaran it just shows that how much like the parent want to show people hey like yeah, it's usually the parents yeah but i also met people uh girls parents who are that you feel is necessary you feel that you can afford this amount you put this amount yeah if you don't if you feel that you don't want to give my daughter hantaran it's okay as long as you give her a happy life after you guys get married oh, so- it's very rare but i have to applaud my auntie yeah, who my cousin mm. yeah so she didn't even ask for anything she said um, whatever you want to give you want to give me 5000 you give me 5000 you want to give me 8000 8000 because ultimately this money goes back to the both of you to what extent do you think that hantaran is indicative of how well the guy can take care of the girl it doesn't mean you can afford 15000 now that 15000 can finish in 5 days mm. it's more about your habit lah is how you handle your finances lah Personally, I wouldn't like tell people how much my hantaran is. Mm. Like, even know, if it, right? even if it's high or whatever, like I wouldn't show. Off. Wouldn't people know? Like they'll see it. Like is there? During the engagement, oh, they will sh- they will tell. Oh, they will you would need it. to divide it by ten. You should try to try and hide our hantaran. Like don't tell. People. No, make it into a bouquet of flowers so that people cannot count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It doesn't affect anybody. Like your guests don't care. Your hantaran is fifteen thousand. How can couples manage expectations together? They have to communicate. So mm. way before. The wedding day itself, they need to set expectations of each other. Mm-hmm. For example, I told my wife that I will wash the dishes, mm-hmm. but you iron my clothes. Okay. Are you okay with that? So, uh, I will pay for the car. Mm-hmm. You just worry about our daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will pay for this. You just worry about this. Yeah, is it okay? So this is what I mean by setting expectations of each other. So when we do get married, you cannot question me why you have to do this. Yeah, because it is a mutual agreement that since you are doing this, I will be doing this. Yeah, but you need to make sure that it is fair so that there won't be any conflicts in the future. Mm. But it's yeah. not like rigid, right? I mean, like let's say your partner or you like loses your job, obviously, like you have to take over for a while. Right. If a partner earns more, is it fair that they actually like pay more towards the household? Like, let's say you want to split fifty fifty. Sometimes it's not possible if you're earning like way less than your partner. As much as possible. The one that is earning more should pay more of the expenses. So it's proportional, not like equally half half. Yeah, and also another way uh, that I've learned in the last few years of my experience in the industry, mm-hmm. um, some couples they have two sets of salary. That mm-hmm. means husband is earning this amount, wife is earning this amount. Mm-hmm. So they came to an agreement that okay, uh, wife, you your salary is meant to pay for everything. It accommodates to everything like okay. food, transport, uh, bills, giving to parents, etc. Yeah. Okay. So husband's money solely for saving. Yeah. So they split that, to make it simple, right? You pay for everything, I save everything. So the husband's income is totally like fully saved. Like, yes, untouched. untouched. Mm. Yeah. So they do have a joint account mm. that is meant for saving, and they do have a joint account meant for expenses. Expenses okay. includes like things that are not actually necessary, like entertainment, holidays, that kind of thing. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I do not know into the detail, yeah. but the savings um is left untouched lah. Yeah. But I think it is only easy for them to do that if both the incomes are. Similar, mm. like maybe three thousand and three thousand two or two thousand five, two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, if any of them are working and earning about a similar amount, yeah. then they probably can implement this uh, mm. system. But other than that, it probably be messy. What if it's in a case where maybe one of the partner has been earning 
more longer than the other partner? It is very typical mm-hmm. in my point of view. Uh, whatever I own, my wife owns it as well. Mm-hmm. Whatever my wife own is hers. Okay. Yeah, so I set that uh, benchmark for myself. Yeah, because what I earn is meant for the family. Mm-hmm. What she earn is for herself. Yeah, so uh, not every single man think like me. Mm-hmm. So uh, ultimately, it boils down back to communication. Let's say he, the the wife tend to usually the girls work longer because they do not have to serve NS. Yeah. Uh, that will also make uh, make sense if let's say they do have more savings yeah. rather than the boys. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean like just communicate and ensure that both of you are living comfortably. Yeah. yeah. On the same page as And the values and belief systems have changed. I think previously it's always like the guy is the one like uh, in the ho- the head of the household paying mm-hmm. for everything. But nowadays there's always dual income, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know anyone who is not dual income? Like only the husband or, or only like the wife? Age. It's not cheap to stay in Singapore. I do have uh, a client. His rezeki came from a different uh, different uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. So he's the only sole breadwinner. Okay. Um, uh, he married a widow okay. with one do- with one child, with one daughter. Upon uh, marrying her, I think about a year later, less than a year later, uh, they got they expected a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when the child was maybe about four five months, mm-hmm. she was expecting again oh. for the. Third and fourth child It was twins okay. Yeah, so in a span of maybe about two and a half years They incurred three kids Wow, that's a lot of expenditure yeah. So um, the changes in lifestyle In terms of finances and everything It really affected him Yeah, but like I said lah His rezeki in a different aspect mm. So his rezeki is his kids Yeah. So now he will probably have to struggle a little bit mm. But when the time comes in the future Maybe 20 years down the road He have four kids can look after him He can depend on Yeah, yeah Probably <laughs> Potentially depend on Talking about like Rescue I think people um And, and some people might disagree um, People say when you get married Like your rescue Will just open up for you that kind, of, that kind of thing But um, It might not be A good reason For you to not Think about your finances Together as a couple yeah. uh, Of course I agree Like you If you can get married by all means, do it as, as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we reiterate this point? Because um, we want like the Muslim community in Singapore to understand that hey, financial planning is important. It's important yep. for you and your partner to be on the same page and also to like uh, inspire each other, develop these skills together as a couple if you're not ready yet. So how, how can they go about doing that? So I think you can engage uh, external courses. In fact, there are a lot of courses out there that emphasizes on um, how to do well in, uh, after you get married. So some of the courses that I can recommend will be 293 Degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is one of my ustas, uh, Ustaz Hatta. So he does um, marriage course for people who are going to get married in a few years' time. Yeah. So these are the type of courses that they can engage in just to learn a little bit more about how life is going to be like when they are married. Because I think this is quite common. We hear from our parents, tinggal sama-sama satu bumbung lain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you live together, it is going to be a total different uh, situation already. Yeah. So you really need to be ready to it. Because that's where all the true colors start to come. Yeah, you may never know that your future spouse is a very messy person at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but only you will only know about this when you get married. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the things that you need to prepare yourself mentally. And in order to do this, you can go for these type of courses. Lah. Included in this course is also financial um, planning. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, they will, uh, in fact, the course will uh, show you step-by-step process on how to save your money 
and to achieve I think about 100,000 in a span of two years yeah but of course it requires a lot of effort mm. and a lot of combination from both parties at least as a guide lah, because we, we did I think financial planning is not something we've ever learned in school we yeah. might learn it from like family friends but to actually go to a course together as a couple then you much uh, open to learning together and yeah. working on it as like a project together mm. yeah. yeah correct yeah correct yeah and also there are a lot of advisors out there mm. who can advise you in terms of uh, how to save mm-hmm. yeah um, specifically for different different situations okay. for example um, children's education mm-hmm. yeah, children's education uh, let's say uh, haji haji fund mm-hmm. uh, let's say you want to save for hajj so now the queue is quite long for hajj so it's best to start saving before you enroll yourself in this uh, in the queue yeah and the last one I feel that is the most important thing in Singapore is retirement mm-hmm. people feel that retirement is such a um, they don't take it seriously. They feel there is ah uh, retirement will come. I will have enough money. CPF is enough to give me money. Um, but sometimes when they reach their age, they'll be like, oh no, it's too late. Mm. Why am I going to retire? How am I going to retire? Okay, never mind. I'll just continue working until probably I get sick. Yeah. So that is not what we want. Um, the aim in life is to retire. Mm. We want to retire. It's good to retire. So in order for us to do that, we need to manage our finances way beforehand. To go in depth uh, regarding to children's education, maybe haji fund and also retirement, it all starts way before you get married. Just to share my opinion, I took up uh, children's education plans before I got married, before I even got a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I prepare myself that uh, if one day I am granted the rezeki of a child, I am ready to provide for yeah. him or her. Yeah, so it is a responsibility having a child. So we need to fulfill it. Lah. So you are ready to fund their education when they grow up, yes. up to like university and all that. Lah. Okay. Yeah. Because the worry that I have is, uh, what if 20 years down the road, my daughter comes up to me, uh, yeah, I want to study medicine in US. It cost me 300,000 mm-hmm. and I do not have the money. Yeah. How am I supposed to tell her? Yeah. Simple as that. Lah. Yeah. So if really the opportunity presents itself and I'm not able to facilitate, then I feel I feel I will feel lousy. Moving on, uh, as a financial advisor, do you have any stories of clients who faced some issues when they were preparing for marriage, and in what way did you manage to help them out and advise them? Okay, yes, I encounter uh, quite a number of clients who are getting married, and uh, most of them agree. To meet together, for example, both uh, the fiance and the fiance uh, to come and meet me, but they prioritize their wedding expenses rather than their financial planning. Mm-hmm. Despite me telling them that it is important for you to settle your financial planning before you get married, so that you won't see it as an expense after you get married. Yeah, but not everybody is agreeable to what I said. They prefer to start their financial planning after they get married. Yeah. I wanted to ask um, Do you know of any people Who like Took a loan To get married It's not our Malay It doesn't concern The Malay Muslim community But it's a Chinese friend mm-hmm. She not only loaned From the bank She tried to loan From me Wow yeah. She asked you as a friend To loan her money She asked me If she can borrow money From me So that she can pay For this part Of her expenses oh, wow. So she really asked really. Like a few friends To borrow money <laughs> I don't know Where she asked uh, but it was a lot, nah. like a few thousand. Like, she asked me for 2005. That's quite a lot. Like, I mean, yeah. to ask from a friend. Yeah. Mm. 
But Chinese weddings are notorious for being more expensive, yeah. right? But Malays, uh, you never had Malay clients who actually took loans? I, I've heard yeah. of friends who yeah. did it. But I, yeah. maybe, maybe I've heard of people taking loan, but I personally have not met anyone who took up loan just to get married. I think it's ridiculous. So you've been dead before you even get married? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's it's I think it's uh it's doesn't it does not make it's sense. It's not housing or like renovation, right? It's just yeah. wedding the the wedding itself, right? Yeah. But if people can take loans for renovations, why not wedding? Yeah, to them like. Okay lah, I mean like uh, to each his own. But uh, do you, is this how you want to start your marriage yeah. by being in debt? There's no zero interest wedding loans, by the way. They all no, have the like, interest, right? I think the point is that you start with your... Like, you can't even pay for your wedding, so you take a loan. And then when you buy a house, you, you have to repay. Loan, you have multiple loans, like, stacking up on top of each other, right? Like, yeah, I that's presume true. that's yeah. how it's going to work. Mm. Yeah. Then the interest is just going to go crazy, yeah? Yes. Yeah, and then you will end up being bankrupt in Singapore. So please spend within your means and manage expectations with your partner. I think another thing that we wanted to talk about is also about, like, engagements. Recently, we've seen... There's trends for people to have really like big, fanciful um, engagements as a precursor to the wedding. Um, what do you think about this? Simple is a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I feel it is yeah. a waste of money because um, even if I am sure that this is the woman I'm going to spend my life with, yeah. I'm not going to spend more than 2000 on my engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think two thousand is probably already very expensive. Yeah. yeah, but the idea of engagement is just to um, secure. Yeah, what is the purpose of engagement? No purpose. At all. <laughs> yeah, it's just to make known to people that you are. Uh, this girl is my future wife. So don't like potong jalan. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So um, again, it goes back to culture. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, Islamic ob- obligation. Uh, it's not part of religion, so mm-hmm. it's just a culture that everybody has been doing. I mean, that's not to say that if you can't, if you can afford it, I think by all means do mm-hmm. it lah. No, I feel that yeah. even if you can afford it, you <laughs> should use that money for something else. Yeah, that's true. And the thing about engagement is yeah, you can make your ceremony small, like family, close friends, or just family. Correct. So you can minimize your expenses. Um, it's usually for engagement. It's just the ring, um, food, and maybe like sometimes. Yeah, that's all right. Small yeah. gifts. Yeah, probably small gifts like cost less than $100. <laughs> Let's move on to the next section, the quiz. So Fatou will ask us five questions and Fai and I will compete against each other to see who will answer it correctly. Okay, so uh, first question. What are the things you should share in terms of finances before marrying each other? <laughs> okay, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, in terms of finances, yeah. um, your, you should share about your income, you should share about expenditure and like your savings. Correct. Okay, mm. next question. What is the range of hantaran for degree holders? <laughs> yeah. There's no range. Don't follow the range. <laughs> is that the answer? Uh, correct, oh. <laughs> that was a trick question. Okay, trick you. question. Fatul said it here that is no range for hantaran. Doesn't matter what you studied, even if you're PhD older. And yeah, it doesn't have to be like 10k or 12k and above. Yep. Just remember that your must come in is the minimum is hundred dollars. Okay, next question. Uh, we don't need to set expectations before getting married. Okay. False. You False. Need to set expectations before you get before you get married. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, we need to settle financial planning before getting married. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, this is hard. This would be yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. 
Why? So dead. It's a recap. Yeah, why? Why Fazlina? <laughs> Is this like a extra points or something? Yeah, Wait, why? Uh? Because you are sharing a life together and if you do not prepare, <laughs> like for example, your child's uh, finance for the education and your retirement, you're going to worry later on. So... Yeah. So yeah. it's better to be prepared and to, to settle everything before you get married, like, um, in case you get shocked or, like, people are very calculative maybe after getting married, right? Yes, Saying, like, right. why am I paying for this? But we, you should settle that beforehand. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Negotiate. Okay, last question. It is recommended to take a loan for wedding. Oh my god, that was like exactly the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's worth, yeah, you can die, no. but yeah, no, definitely not. Don't take loans. Correct. Better not lah, better not. So, any mm. parting words from Fatul if you want to explain um, what you do and how you can help people with their finances before getting married? Yeah, I think maybe if you want to find out more about how to handle your finances, be it before or after uh, getting married, you can follow us on MFAGSG on Instagram or my own Instagram, Fatul Hazik Juraimi. Yep, that's all. Yay! Thank you so much, Fatul. No problem. We have come to the end of our first episode of Season 2 of Show Me How to Do It. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Show Me How to Do It, with Fast and Fai. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us at doitright.sg on Instagram or doitright on Facebook. Join us next week as we will talk about the next stage of getting married, which is being a newlywed. Yay! Yay.